Each season, Guys Telling Stories seeks out fascinating people with a good story to tell. I'm Bill Easton, the man next to me, my co-host, Rich Douglas. We're a couple of guys who love a good story. Join us on our quest to find fascinating people with a good story to tell. This is Guys Telling Stories. Welcome. Great. How are we doing? Good, good. Great to be here with you, Bill. You too, Rich. I'm excited about our guest today. He's a veteran of the United States military. Mm-hmm. He's a Navy SEAL. Mm-hmm. He's an entrepreneur, and along with his wife, owner of Battlegrounds Coffee Company. We like coffee. I like coffee. Yeah, Salvatore DeFranco. I drink more coffee than most people. Yeah, well, I'm I'm loving coffee now, and you know that from the cruise ships. Mm-hmm. I actually know what a macchiato and a cappuccino and a mm-hmm. latte is. And Sal's business is located, I think, just north of Boston, right? Yep, uh, Haverhill. Yeah, yeah, not too far away. We'll ask him, but he's got quite the story for us today, Bill. Um, you know how starting a business is, no matter what your background. It, it's not easy, especially in the food and beverage category. No, no, and there's so many coffee places out there. And that's where our guest comes in. Sal's business right now, Bill, is uh, thriving and growing. But his journey hasn't been a straight line. Mm-hmm. After uh, achieving his dream of becoming a, a Navy SEAL, he was involved in a life-changing automobile accident. Mm. Yeah, and I, I would like to ask him about that because he was a hit-and-run driver, and he had to overcome a traumatic brain injury. And I'm sure that changed his entire life plan, um, you know, especially uh, after separating from the military. He had to figure out you know, what's next. But uh, I can tell you it's a good story from Navy SEAL to entrepreneur. I had a dream like that once, too, you know. <laughs> About uh, becoming a Navy SEAL? Yes, yes. I had a dream of not becoming a Navy <laughs> SEAL, and I achieved that. Well, Sal's dream and your dream are a little different, but uh, we'll have to ask him about his. I wonder how much he can tell about that. Is there like, secrets he can, uh, you know... Yeah, I don't know if we have the clearance to even hear about. Let's find out. It. <laughs> we'll have to ask. Let's let's jump right in. You know, sales business is uh, Battleground Coffee Company, and we're hoping to hear all about his life and how he found a way to be successful and overcome all the obstacles along the way. So, uh, what do you say? Let's uh, let's give Sal a call. All right. Hi, Sal. Welcome to the show. Hey, guys. Thanks for having me. Absolutely. Hey, so we always like to uh, ask our guests where where they are located right now. This is one of the ones we're doing. Uh, Online, so uh, so where you set up shop? Where where do you call home? Yeah, great. So uh, I live in Haverhill, Massachusetts, and I operate a business in Haverhill, Massachusetts as well. Yeah, not not too far from Boston, right? Maybe uh, 35, 40 minutes away. Yeah, so we're about forty five minutes north of Boston. We're in a uh, area of Massachusetts called the Merrimack Valley. Uh, we're right along. We're right in between the Merrimack River and uh, the border with New Hampshire. So it's a great it's a great city. Uh, well, before we get too into this, uh, what, let people know where they can find you online, um, you know, business, website, Facebook, and, and all that information so they can connect with you uh, if they choose to afterwards. Yeah, great. So uh, if you guys want to order uh, any of our amazing coffee, you can go to www.battlecoffee.com. Uh, if you want to follow us on Instagram, uh, it's going to be uh, Battlegrounds Coffee. Uh, same with Facebook, Battlegrounds Coffee. Uh, and then our Twitter account is at Battle Coffee. Cool, awesome, yeah. So check them out and uh, and let's dive right into it. So, so Sal, you and your wife Dana, they, you've been successfully running the Battlegrounds Coffee for a few years now. But I was hoping you could take us back to the beginning. You know, uh, just before you joined the military, what was life like for you growing up? Yeah. So, um, so essentially, you know, I grew up in a, a single parent household. My, I was raised by my mother. Uh, Live with my sister, my older sister, um, 
and moved around a little bit as a kid. I stayed within the general area in, in Massachusetts, but moved around to a couple different towns. Uh, generally, I, I say that, you know, I grew up in Beverly, Massachusetts, because that's where I went to high school. Um, you know, after, so I should actually go back. So, you know, I was a sophomore um, when 9-11 had happened. Mm-hmm. And it, strangely enough, even before that, um, I had kind of made the decision that I was going to join the military, more specifically that I was going to become a, a Navy SEAL. It's something that I'd always wanted to do. You know, I joke, people ask me, they say, you know, when did you decide that you wanted to be a Navy SEAL? And uh, the, the truth of it is, uh, when I was younger, I saw Navy SEALs with Charlie Sheen, <laughs> and it was in that moment, that's a true story, yeah. it was in that moment that I decided why would anybody want to do anything else. <laughs> uh, and so, you know, I was younger, I, my, I would have my mom uh, take me to, um, you know, the YMCA every day to, you know, teach me how to swim. I'd be doing, you know, you know pull-ups on the diving boards and things like that, thinking that would prepare me. And uh, I remember when I was really young, I would, I would uh, have my, my mother, she'd go into the room and we would draw these targets of bad guys, you know, and she would put them up all over the room, all over my bedroom that I shared with my sister, but all over the bedroom. And then uh, she would tell me when she was done setting up and she would be sitting in a chair in the middle of the room <laughs> and I would have to go into the room, shoot the bad guys and rescue her. That <laughs> That's was, awesome. I was doing this at like, you know, like... <laughs> Like eight, nine years old, you know, um, and then just the more I looked into it, the more it became a reality. When you're that young, you don't know, you know, Navy SEALs, you see the movies, you see things like that. And, you know, back then it wasn't all over Hollywood really like it is today. Uh, so you don't, didn't have the exposure to it. Sounds like um, a fun drinking game we could play. Right? <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> make some, make some bad guys, put them around the room. I'll be the guy sitting yeah. in the chair. I'll, yeah. <laughs> just those, those, are, those are some of my like, fondest memories growing up. Yeah. But, um, but yeah, so, so then I was a sophomore in high school when, when nine eleven happened and that just really sent home for me, at least really, really sent it home for me. And, uh, you know, I enlisted when I was 17 and I was off to boot camp. um, a couple of weeks after graduating high really? school, I just turned 18. Yeah. And, uh, from boot camp, from boot camp, I went. Uh, to Navy A school. So back then, this was early 2000s, uh, you'd go to an A school and they'd you know, teach you how to do whatever job you had enlisted into the Navy to do. So I was a, a torpedo man. And so I went to this school after boot camp. I learned about torpedoes and, and, and basic firearm stuff. Uh, but since I had a, a, a contract and a promise to go to BUDS, basic underwater demolition seal training, um, as soon as I graduated that school, I did. I shipped off to Buds, and uh, from there, you know, went into indoctrine, uh, indoc there a few weeks, and then st- classed up, started, and uh, graduated with class two fifty five. Um, and then from there, you know, you go to you go to Army uh, Airborne School, which well, that's a whole. That story is a whole nother podcast. <laughs> <laughs> well, let me ask you. I've heard I've heard it argued that it's actually harder to become a Navy SEAL than graduate from Harvard. And uh, and so to put that another way, it's there are probably more Navy SEALs who could graduate from Harvard than Harvard grads who could become Navy SEALs. Well, now, I like that. I like what you did there. I, I well, my question yeah. is 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 there anything a civilian could compare? Um, 
that application process, that that training to in their own lives, those demands, those challenges? Sure. So that's interesting you say that. I know uh, a lot of SEALs that have, you know, transitioned out of the military and gone to Harvard and graduated successfully. I know of one SEAL who had graduated from Harvard and became a SEAL. But be, I, I know there's more guys out there, you know. Yeah, yeah. Um, you know, a lot of people ask you that, you know, they, you know, they find out you're, you're a team guy and they say things, you know, they ask you all sorts of questions. Some are completely inappropriate and <laughs> others are, uh, and, and well, my are. turn's coming. So hang in <laughs> yeah, there, yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, and some are, uh, completely appropriate. And one of them is, you know, oh, is it, you know, w- w- what's the secret to getting through? Is it as hard as everybody says it is, you know? Um, and I guess the answer to that is, yeah, it, it, it is kind of undescribable unless you go through it you don't really understand how it could be that difficult and um you know the the follow-up answer i give to that question is it doesn't really matter how strong you are physically right so you're going to show up to buds and you're going to be in great shape you should be in great shape you know there's guys that can't pass the um standards they'll get dropped pretty quickly um but you know if you can pass the standards and you're a physically fit human being um you know there's no reason why you shouldn't be able to graduate right when i went in i saw a guy i think i was you know six foot tall i don't think i was even done growing yet i think i was about six foot and uh maybe a buck 80 you know soaking wet it was a strong runner you know but i don't think i could at that time you know maybe even bench my body weight weight, uh And I would look across and I would look across the pool and I'd see guys. I mean, they were physical specimens. I mean, these guys were, there was no reason they wouldn't make it. So, you know, I'd look at them like, oh, that guy's going to make it. That guy's going to make it. We had a guy, uh, you know, class up with us. I think he was a stand-in for the Olympic um, triathlon team. They just incredible athletes, collegiate athletes. There were guys who were incredible. But then the second, third day, you don't see those guys anymore. You know, mm-hmm. and it just really shows you it, it doesn't matter how strong you are because the training is going to push you beyond that. Oh, you're strong. You're stronger than this guy. Well, here, we're going to give you here. You take his rucksack, right? You carry two rucksacks and you watch him next to you walk with no rucksacks. Wow. So, you know, it, it's, it's a lot of mental toughness. In, in my opinion, it comes down to how mentally tough you are, you know, yeah. how much you can take, you know, and how much you're willing to put up with to achieve the mission and that's what it comes down to because that's what being a seal is all about right you Mm -hmm. know accomplishing the mission mission at all costs no quit never out of the fight you know win at all costs and so that's what buds does it finds those guys were you a good student in high school i was i was an average student okay yeah i was an average student um i definitely didn't apply myself Mm -hmm. like i should have um it wasn't an issue with uh intelligence it was an issue of uh, you know, just where I wanted to, uh, spend my energy. Gotcha. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. Now is, is it called graduating? And when you, when you finally are a seal, is that, is, is that the correct word for it? Cause I'm, I'm wondering what that moment would be like when, uh, you know, you and the rest of the guys that made it are having a ceremony or, or, or what, yeah. What, yeah. What is that? Yeah. I can tell you it's a great time. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> tell you, if you ever get invited, uh, if you ever get invited to a, you know a buds graduation or an SQT graduation, uh, definitely go. Yeah, that's a great time. It's something special too. You know, I'm I'm a big fan of, um, you know, military tradition and uh, you know the, the pomp and circumstance. You know, that kind of comes with that, right? That you know, 
the flags and the ceremony. I've always really appreciated that stuff. But um, yeah, so you graduate buds, and uh, I think where where did I leave off? You graduate buds. Uh, when I was in, you went to Army Airborne School. Oh, excuse me. First, you went to cold weather training up in Alaska for a month. That was an incredible experience. Mm-hmm. Um, if you haven't been to Alaska, it's, it, it's, it's like living in Lord of the Rings. Yeah. Mean, everything is epic. Everything is so grand and so large. It's just everything is breathtaking. And that was some incredible training up there. Um, and then from there, you go to uh, Army Airborne School, which is nice because you come from, you know, arguably the most difficult military training in the world you're in pretty good shape so uh it you know army airborne school is a lot of fun it, it was a lot of fun you're with the guys you're kind of away from the navy so you know you're pushing the limits seeing what you can get away with <laughs> sure you, know, you think you're untouchable then <laughs> yeah it's a lot of fun but um and then after that you you know you go to sq2 which is seal qualification training and then you start getting into the more advanced weapons tactics uh you know Mar ops, air ops, all that sort of stuff. Uh, and once you complete that training, uh, that's when there's the pinning ceremony and you get your uh, SEAL trident. And that's when you're, you know, officially U.S. Navy SEAL. Wow. Uh, from there, you go to a SEAL team and start training with the SEAL team. And things just continue to ramp up. You, you know, there's a there's a, a saying in the, in the SEAL creed. There's a, uh, a paragraph in the SEAL creed. It says, um, we deserve, uh, excuse me, it says, we demand discipline. We expect innovation. My teammates' lives and the success of our mission depend on my tactical skill, my technical proficiency, and my attention to detail. My training is never complete. And I think it's that last phrase, my training is never complete, that really holds true. You're never done. You know, once you become a SEAL, it only gets more challenging. You're constantly training. You're constantly under a microscope. And that's the way it should be. You know, you're the United States of America's answer to its most difficult problems. Mm-hmm. That's awesome. Yeah, well, mo- moving along in your story, did you actually end up going overseas? Because around this yeah. time, like you mentioned, there, there, was, there was quite a few different... There's a lot of conflicts. Yeah, conflicts going on in the world. Yeah, yeah, there was. You know, um, I think the early to mid-2000s was... was <laughs> there were definitely a lot of conflicts going yeah. on. I think it was the heat of the, you know... Uh, Iraqi and Afghanistan um, conflicts. Uh, yeah, I was lucky enough to uh, deploy with SEAL Team 3 to Iraq uh, with some amazing individuals. Um, it was an absolute honor to serve with them. Uh, it was an absolute honor to serve my country. And it's something that I think about every day. And, it, you know, it's um, it's definitely bittersweet uh, not, you know, being out of the military. Um, but the experiences I had, you know, overseas and the experiences I had serving with the men, I was lucky enough to serve beside, uh, you know, that stuff is priceless. It's irreplaceable. Mm -hmm. So, and it's something you can always go back to. It's, it's, you know, it's, it's, it's something, no matter how difficult things get or how challenging things are, you know, it's something you can always go back to, you know? So it's, it's something I'm very fortunate to have experienced. So, Sal, I know everybody has different exit strategies for business, but um, I think the term is separated. What, what was your story and, and how you separated from the military? Right. So, um, so it's actually pretty interesting. Uh, you know, in 2008, I really didn't plan on, on, on uh, leaving the Navy. I was very happy with my role. 
Um, and I was looking forward to my future in the SEAL teams. Uh, unfortunately, uh, in 2008, in April of 2008, I was involved in a uh, car accident. And uh, I sustained a pretty, pretty significant head injury. Um, I was in a coma for a few weeks. Wow. Uh, yeah, so it ended up taking a few years to recover from that. Um, I was able to stay in the military and serve out my enlistment, uh, but because of the, the deficit uh, that came along with that brain injury at the time, I wasn't going to be an operator anymore. And so once I found that out, you, you know, you weren't going to be an operator, um, that's when I uh, kind of decided uh, that it would probably be a good idea to separate during that time in your life, uh, I'm thinking friends, family, you know, uh, were they there to support you? Um, you know, uh, how, what were those first steps where you're moving forward to the path yeah. to recovery? Yeah. So that's a, that's a good question. Um, you know, when that accident happened, uh, so I was, I was a pedestrian, I got, it was just a hit and run. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, I, I thank God that I was in the SEAL teams because I was in, you know, I was young, I was in great shape. And I think that really assisted in the recovery. Mm-hmm. Um, I think I'm much more fortunate to be where I am now, considering um, the, the uh, you know, significance of that brain injury. Um, and so I kind of credit my military experience to, <laughs> at, at that level for helping me overcome it. But for the support I received from family, from you know, friends from other teammates was, again, irreplaceable. There's no amount of medicine uh, that, that can substitute for that. Um, and I'll tell you what, it, you know, if you've ever talked to somebody that sustained a brain injury, you're not easy to be around. You know, you're hyper aggressive. Um, you have a hard time reasoning. Uh, and so the fact that, you know, my friends and teammates and family stuck by me during those times is just a testament to how great a group of people they are. Um, cause it was hard, you know, it, it, I had some pretty dark times. Uh, and actually, you know, if that accident had never happened, I would, I would definitely not be in the coffee industry. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I want to get to, uh, you know, how you, uh, how you started that business, but I know uh, your wife's a part of that business. Yeah. If you want to jump in here. I do. You? How did you, uh, how did you meet your wife? Was she around? Were you, did you know her before you enlisted yeah. or, or how'd that work? Yeah. So, I, so I, I didn't know my wife uh, when I was in the military. So, um, so in 2010, that was the year I separated from the Navy. Uh, I hit a pretty dark, dark spot in my life. I was you know, pretty depressed. I, I was seeing a psychologist at the teams and, um, you know, things just weren't working out well. So we decided to maybe pursue, um, uh, 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 medication or, or something to really get me out of this. Cause, cause it wasn't, it wasn't looking good. Um, so we show up and we go to, with my psychologist, we go to the doctor's office and we talk to him and he asked me two questions. He says, are you working out? I said, yeah, you know, I'm still pretty banged up. I said, but I'm working out as, you know, as much as my body will allow. He said, do you drink coffee? I said, I said no, I don't drink coffee. I'm thinking to myself, I'm like, why? I'm like, let's get to the point here. I was like, I'm like <laughs> I don't, uh, no, I don't drink coffee. Could you please help me? I'm on the, <laughs> in a really dark place. Uh-huh. But no, I, I said, I don't drink coffee. And he said, you know, coffee is kind of this natural antidepressant. He said, you should be drinking coffee. He said, you should drink a cup of coffee every day. 
I said, okay, you're a doctor. I'm not. I'll believe you. And so... Um, That'll be $500. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, here we go. Well, hey, you want to talk about benefits of military service. Uh, while you're serving, there are no health care costs. Um, and so, you know, the next day I started drinking coffee and... You know, within a week, within two weeks, I started to see a real difference, you know, in my in my mental state. And and so what that did, what that allowed me to do beyond just the, you know, the, 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 the chemical benefits of caffeine and coffee, it got me out into the public and it got me going to cafes. Right. So now I'm out. I'm interacting with people. I'm starting to be social again, you know, because before that I was isolating myself. I was not easy to be around. Um, you know, still in recovery, it takes years and years to recover from a brain injury. Um, but you know, through coffee, I'm out there, I'm in a cafe, I'm talking to civilians, you know, and these are the people that I'm going to be interacting with because I'm about to become a civilian. Um, so it, it really was kind of this transformational, uh, moment in my life was being asked by a doctor if he drank coffee or not. Uh, and here I am. <laughs> right. So was, uh, I, I guess I'm, I'm taking a leap here, but was, was your, you meet your wife in one of these coffee shops or sure. something? Sure, yeah. Sure. No, no, no. So yeah. So after that, uh, I had decided to move back to Massachusetts. And um, so that's it's where I grew up, back home. So I moved back home. I, uh, you know, moved back into my mother's house. And I was helping my father at the time uh, was had a little tile business and he was doing tiling like flooring and bathrooms and, and things like that. He's a firefighter, but he does the tiling on the side. And so I was in uh, Amesbury, Massachusetts. It's, it's a small little town. And uh, my father called me up. He said, hey, he's like, do you want to help me out with something? It's in Amesbury. Do you want to just meet me at this house? And so, you know, I like to tell people, I said, me and my wife, we actually met in a shower. Because, <laughs> yeah, I know, it sounds hot and steamy. It does. It sounds awesome. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But the reality of it, I was like covered in grout and mud and carrying buckets of muddy water. Um, but, yeah, so we're over, you know, it turned out to be my wife's, my in-law's house, my future in-law's house. And uh, we're there, and day two, her mom's like, I have this daughter you just need to meet. Yeah. <laughs> you just moved back. Does and, she really uh, sound like that? <laughs> yeah, no, uh, no, she's great. She's okay. fantastic. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, Nancy's great. <laughs> and um, we say, oh, you know, I have this daughter you have to meet. And I said, oh, okay, you know, I just moved back. You know, whatever. Wasn't looking to get into a relationship, but whatever. And um, at the time, my wife had just moved back. She was living on the... Uh, Cape Cod area. She's an occupational therapist and she just moved back. She was uh, looking to buy a house up here. So I'm like, you know, okay, yeah, it's great. I'll meet her. And so I walked downstairs and I look and there is this, check this out. There is this six foot two absolute knockout <laughs> carrying a suitcase through the living room. Nice. And I was like, that's your daughter? <laughs> yeah. I was like, yeah, we'll definitely meet. And so, um, <laughs> so you know, we had some common things that, you know, we're, we're, we, um, we both love dogs. We both had dogs at times. So we just started taking our dogs for a walk and, you know, hanging out all the time. We were both in these, this kind of transitional period in our lives. You know, I didn't really know what I wanted to do. You know, I, I, I wanted to open a coffee shop, but that was something I'd envisioned myself doing much later in life, right? Mm -hmm. I've always been a pretty avid outdoors person. So I was thinking about pursuing that, maybe moving back, you know, out west, going to the Pacific uh, Northwest, um, you know, doing some guiding, doing some climbing out there. 
but as our relationship kind of progressed and, and evolved, it, uh, you know, it just made sense to stay here. Well, Sal, that sounds great. And I know you two started the business. So after this short break, we're going to find out uh, how you guys decided to start that business. We'll be uh, right back after this. The good people at Podcast Your Story are proud to sponsor the podcast, Bill. Mm -hmm. They've been helping businesses and individuals tell their story for years. Bill, can you imagine how hard it is to actually tell your life story and sound good while doing it well yeah because you there's you if you're trying to tell stuff that you, you skip around you go from uh, one thing to another your brain clicks in with another story has nothing to do with the first one so and your audience needs to follow what's the message mm-hmm. you know where did you start where did you finish and the good people at podcast your story do exactly that they help you set the scene mm-hmm. they ask you all the questions you need to lay your story out for your audience and they make sure you sound good while telling it right and our listeners get 20% off your first recording. Just mention promo code GTS. That's 20% off your first recording with podcastyourstory.com by mentioning promo code GTS. And now, back to our interview with Sal. Well, welcome back. And uh, we, have, uh, we, have, we have another guest with us. Yeah, Sal, I'll let you uh, introduce uh, who, who's there with you. Yeah, so uh, we're lucky enough to be joined by my amazing wife, Dana DeFranco. All right. <laughs> Dana, welcome to the show. This is a nice Thanks. surprise. Thank you. We were just about to get into the story behind you and Sal deciding to start a business. In general, everybody has a story, uh, whether their family's in business or whether family and friends help them get things off the ground. So um, I'll let you guys kind of start where you think uh, you should. How'd you guys get this ball rolling? Right. So uh, in 2015, um, my wife was going to school. She was um, getting a graduate degree and I was attending University of Massachusetts. uh, And we would always be kind of spitballing ideas, right? We we both have kind of this entrepreneurial spirit. We don't have any uh, family that are in business. We don't, you know, our parents aren't. We, at the time, we didn't have any friends that were in business, you know, so we really didn't have any resources to run these ideas by so we would just kind of bounce them off each other and some of them were absolutely insane uh i'll see if i can remember uh some of them by the end of the end of the yeah let me dana does uh any any insane ideas come to mind for you before before the coffee oh my we have we had a lot we had some workout equipment we had some jump ropes we had some (laughs) alcoholic um what do you even call that? Like energy drink or something? <laughs> no, like um, some like alcoholic paraphernalia. Like yeah, we had all sorts of things. Yeah, if you want to learn, okay, here's here's some advice for uh, uh for any entrepreneurs out there. Think about your business plan <laughs> long and hard before you start burning money. Where, where, I have a garage full of boxes that were custom made for jump ropes that do not exist. Right? <laughs> that, are now, that are now, as my wife likes to say, what did you call them? I don't know. 
Oh, really expensive, really expensive kindling. <laughs> really expensive kindling. Oh, oh. well, you're, you're talking to two pros here. Um, we, we've often looked before we leaped. I don't know if you want to jump in here with any, uh, any of your stories. But. <laughs> bought, a, bought a bus before I yeah. knew the state wouldn't let me drive it. So, <laughs> I don't know if that I mean, counts. The, the listeners know, but Bill bought this amazing tour bus um, and, and from Florida, right? Was it yeah, Florida? it was an auction and, in Florida. And, I never, never saw it. Just I mean, saw pictures. And for a good two seasons of the podcast, it's like, hey, Bill, any updates on the bus? And it's like, uh, nope. nope. Uh, but uh, next but subject. Finally, it's off the off the ground running. He runs a business uh, in town, um, Brew Bus, and he takes people around to breweries, all inclusive, VIP. Yeah. Um, but it, there's been a lot of crazy ideas. Two years. Yeah, I'm I'm picturing your graduate, like you said, the workout equipment. It's like a, it's like I got a shake weight with a clock on it, and it's. Like, <laughs> <laughs> it's like that's not a good idea. No, it was it wasn't that, but that's a great idea. <laughs> <laughs> all right, I'm, bu- I'm buying the dot com right now. Uh, well, so they. All, oh yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. Domain sites. Yeah, oh god. Oh man, I probably own about fifty domains. <laughs> I call that online real estate. So yeah, you know, just right. yeah, you got right. you got your real estate. So uh, so you you have these crazy ideas, and some for some people that's almost uh, an impediment. You don't take that next step in the real business because you've already had these hiccups along the way. So uh, focusing in on battlegrounds um, before there's a name, before there's even a product, how'd you decide to get that ball rolling? Right. So actually, there. <laughs> Uh, funny enough, it was it was a name came first. So my wife was driving down to uh, you know to, to to one of her classes, and she texted me. She wrote uh, something like, "No, I called you. I don't text and drive." <laughs> <laughs> there you go. Thank <laughs> you first. Yeah. So, <laughs> well, in my memory, uh, she texted me something along the lines of like "Battlegrounds Cafe." That was it. Just "Battlegrounds Cafe," and I said, "I love it. Let's do it." And so she came back home. We, I jumped in her car, and we just started driving around town looking for locations. We found a location, and we started to develop a business plan, and it just started to snowball. And then all of a sudden, you know, we're you know we're in, we're in front of the bank. They're like, "This is a rock solid business plan." You know, we're running it by people. Everybody loves it. You know, there was definitely a need within our town, and I, I think that you know the reason that the the, the coffee shop happened. Uh, before you know we had intended was because there was a need mm-hmm. you know it, it, the stars were aligned in, in in some sense that you know we were both going to school and we were looking to get out of our house and go somewhere you know glass of wine real uh, traditional italian you know espresso based drink and we were having to drive 45 minutes to find that and so you know we said listen no one's going to do it for us we should do it and uh, that's how it kind of kicked off. And then, you know, having that conversation for a little bit, and she texts me, hey, Battlegrounds Cafe. I was like, love it. You know, and, 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 and it's, it's interesting to see, you know, how far we've come in, in just about three years. We've only actually been in business for a little over t- about two years, one month. Um, but, you know, we started planning it about three years ago. And so I was going through some old books and, and, and papers because we had just uh, we recently bought a new house and uh, – going through some books and and just to see the original kind of, you know, uh, logos that I was coming up with and t-shirt designs and stuff like that to see where we are now. It's funny how quickly things change because when I was drawing those things and I was coming up with those ideas, you know, I was like, oh, this is perfect. Mm -hmm. And now I look back at them and I'm like, oh my God. Thank Thank goodness we didn't go forward with that. (laughs) (laughs) 
So this this whole process, you said it's only a three years old, and we're we're talking to you about the success of it already. How 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 was the start like? You like you you open the doors to to your coffee, your cafe here, and and uh, what was that like? Yeah, yeah. So so before we had opened our doors, we decided that you know what was Battlegrounds Coffee going to be? What was going to make us different? And so what we said in the, in you know the the phrases and kind of the words that we started throwing around were like you know, cultural epicenter. We want to be the cultural and community epicenter of Haverhill, Massachusetts. Um, You know, we want to be a resource for the community. And so, you know, a lot of coffee companies and cafes say that, like, yeah, you know, we're a cafe, we're a community space. And you might be a community space, right? You're, you're, You're essentially a public space. People can come in, have meetings there and things like that. But we want to take it you know, a step further. We wanted to, we we wanted to show people we were serious about what we were what we were saying. And so, before we opened, or while we were actually you know building out our space and in building out the business, we were going and making connections and networking with local businesses, local politicians, local community groups, neighborhood groups. We would go up to them and say, "Hey, you know, you know, you know, we're, we're selling Dana DeFranco. We're opening Battlegrounds Coffee. We want to be a resource for you. We want." to make your business better, your group better. We want to make things easier for you. How can we do that? Right. And so then, you know, we start getting all sorts of um, kind of merchandise out there, T-shirts, signage. And, you know, before we even opened our doors, we had this following because people felt a part of it because, you know, we're already networking with them. We're saying, hey, like, you know, we're in this together. Let's do this together. How can we make things better for you? And so that's what really I think that's like honestly, the, the key to our success is our, you know, take it, it's a military term. I call it cultural engagement. We're out there, we're pounding the pavement. We're making that. I mean, you know, right now my wife just got back from, uh, speaking at a woman in business conference. Two days ago, I was speaking at a university of Massachusetts Lowell event for veterans. Um, you know, and, and, and so it's, it, it, it's, it's, it's things like that that separate battlegrounds is that we're willing to put in the time and effort to mm-hmm. truly make the communities we're in better. It's again, Bill was asking about the successes and it sounds like things have been thriving. I always like to ask about the hurdles or obstacles. Is there anyone that you had to overcome along the way that you think you're better for? Yeah. I, I you know, I definitely think that, um, coming from a military background, uh, things in the military are a lot stricter and there's a lot more accountability and there's a lot more, Um, how do you say there are consequences to your actions in the military, um, in the civilian world, not as much. So learning to deal with, you know, employees, now, now with that being said, I will say that as it stands right now, battlegrounds coffee company has the most, the most outstanding employees that you could ever wish to have. I mean, these guys and girls, you know, are incredible. They're running, they're running the shop flawlessly and big shout out to them because without them, Battlegrounds would not be nearly as successful uh, as it is. That's awesome to hear. Yeah. But, um, but yeah, it was, it was a learning curve. It took us, it took us some time to get, to get the cream of the crop, you know, overstaffing when we first opened. Oh my God, we were overstaffed, you know, over-engineered, just thing, definitely, definitely HR, you know, mm-hmm. and then negotiating right here. You are never been a business person before. 
you know, trying to negotiate with all your different vendors to, to get favorable terms, you know, yeah. and they look at it like you've never owned a business. You have no history of success. You have no, you know, history of, you know, you know, making payments to other vendors. So that was a challenge. But two years later, now we're negotiating the terms because we have that history of success and that track record of, of being good um, clients. What we've heard around here, uh, especially a lot in the last few years, is, is people use the term uh, veteran-owned or veteran-managed. Is that something that, that, uh, that you use? And how has the um, military veteran community helped support uh, you and your cafe? Right. So it, it, that's a great question. So when we were starting Battlegrounds, my wife and I decided that you know we don't want Battlegrounds Coffee Company to be successful because I was a Navy SEAL, we wanted it to, you know, in part be successful because of the skills and the, you know, and the, the things that I learned in the SEAL teams, right? So we don't want to be like Navy SEAL coffee mm-hmm. and just kind of go off that gimmick. Mm-hmm. You know, we didn't want to be a gimmick because I hate gimmicks, <laughs> so, you know? Yeah. So what, you know, we wanted to, we wanted to be successful on, customer service because of our incredible customer service because of our incredible product i'm not gonna you know one thing we've kind of shied away from is grabbing that low-hanging fruit that you know oh yeah and you know come get some navy seal coffee <laughs> official navy seal coffee. like now nah, but you do that do so that. well <laughs> and, uh, um, yeah, uh, get some do push-ups and pull-ups and then drink our coffee you'll be better <laughs> doesn't, you know and, and so we, we weren't we weren't trying to do that you know we were trying to succeed on our business, right? So, but obviously there is a special place in our heart for the military community. So, and we we garner incredible support from that community. Um, but we also support that community and we advocate for that community. So, Battlegrounds has created veteran initiatives um, just last winter, and we'll be we'll be doing it again this winter. We um, created an initiative called Battle Veteran Homelessness, where we received, you know about $10,000 in donations. And then we got, you know, you know, another $10,000 in gift cards to local grocery stores. People were knitting hats and blankets and they were, uh, you know, sleeping bags. We were getting things for veterans that were in need, you know, to help them survive the winter. That's awesome. So we do a lot of things like that. Every Thursday there's a veterans meeting, um, you know, Francisco Urena, the head of veterans affairs from Massachusetts is a regular at the cafe. Um, you know, we, we've been able to um, become pretty active politically as well. And so we host a lot of political events there, which allows us to, you know, whenever we need something done, you mm-hmm. know, we can make those phone calls. Yeah. Yeah, that's true. It sounds like, Sally, you guys, uh, you, you have such momentum. I'm curious, uh, what's next? Uh, where do you see the company, you know, uh, a year from now, two years from now? Um, you know, what's, right. yeah, what's future plans? Yeah, so, you, you know, <laughs> Like I kind of said earlier about looking back at those pictures and seeing how fast things change and how you really need to be um, willing to adapt to the change in climate and just, you know, your industry. Um, Battlegrounds, as it stands currently, we're in the process of opening our second location. Um, You know, before this uh, podcast, I was actually just on the phone with some equipment vendors getting that all set up. So hopefully that location should be opened. Um, by December of this year. But as we learned with our first location, add 20% 
to the timeline and 20% to the cost. <laughs> so so no. see you in 2019. Yeah, see, yeah. Yeah, see, so see you in January. So you guys are invited to the uh, grand opening in January 2019. Okay. Uh, yeah. um, and then, you know, we hope to have a third location up within a year after that. Uh, and then after that, we, you know, right now we're, we're, we're contemplating the ideas of, of possibly licensing and franchising. Oh, that's great. I know that the the sky's the limit with when you have like a strong brand like that and yeah. other entrepreneurs that we've talked to, mm-hmm. you know, you can really, when you look back at like, Hey, what happened in 24 months? Like you said, a lot can happen in 24 months. So, uh, it'll be exciting to see, you know, where things are in a year or two from now. I feel like a lot that we've talked about is you, um, pitching your, your, basically your advice and your, your persistence and, and attitude. But we're going to ask you anyway, like, do you have any advice for somebody who, uh, you know, maybe has a similar concept or idea that's trying to get it off the ground? Yeah, I think, um, you know, this has all been possible. Uh, I I really do. I, I just need to give a shout out to my wife. Without her, we would not be where we are. This was a true team effort because we have skills uh, that the other one doesn't have, right? So we complement each other very well um, in a business sense. Uh, And I think that goes back to, you know, building a strong team around you. You know, it doesn't necessarily have to be a partner in the business or it doesn't necessarily, you know, have to be your wife or your spouse or, you know, whatever. But definitely very early on, find a good accountant, find a good attorney, right? Find somebody who will poke holes in your business plan. Don't give your business plan to your friends and family because they're going to tell you it's the greatest thing ever. (laughs) You're going to be a billionaire and everything's great, but it's not give it to somebody who will give you the, you know, the truth of it, but will tell you where the mistakes are and what you really need to think about. Um, take advantage of, of programs out there. There's the, um, I know in Massachusetts, there's the, uh, SBDC, which is a small business development center. That is huge. Again, I'm going to say that the small business development center. Uh, and there's another organization called score. These are government programs and they will look at your business plan to make sure that, you know, that it's solid and that you're going to succeed. Um, so, you know, beyond building a strong team, beyond taking advantage of the, of the free benefits that are out there and the free resources that are out there for you, I would say just, you know, get ready for a grind, you know, get comfortable being uncomfortable, get comfortable waking up in the middle of the night because there's a lot of stress that comes with running a business and, it doesn't matter how solid your business plan is there's you're gonna hit roadblocks and you're gonna have to overcome them and if you're willing to suck it up right and and just put your head down and plow through you'll be successful i mean look the economy is booming right now right the entrepreneurship is at an all-time high i'd say you know if it's something you want to do i say go for it great advice sal yeah, yeah, very inspirational. And um, again, so can you remind people where they can go to find out more about you and the company online? Yeah, absolutely. So uh, we got a pretty strong website. We got some videos up there. We have a few articles up there. Um, you can purchase our coffee. Uh, some, you know, we have T-shirts, some mugs, some uh, tumblers, stuff like that. You can go to www.battlecoffee.com. So it's B-A-T-T-L-E-C-O-F-F-E-E.com. Uh, you can follow us on Facebook at Battlegrounds Coffee. 
Uh, you can follow us on Instagram at Battlegrounds Coffee, and you can follow us on Twitter at Battle Coffee. That's awesome. Great. Yeah, be sure to check them out. And if uh, Dana, if you're still <laughs> if you're still around, thank you. Yep. And thank Sal, you. yeah, absolutely <laughs> to both of you. Thanks so much for uh, doing the show. Sal and Dana DeFranco. That was a lot of fun. You know, they they both had a lot of energy. Yeah, you know, we're 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 FaceTiming, so we can see. Uh, we can see them, and it was mm-hmm. nice to have uh, Dana jump on at the end. Mm-hmm. That was cool. Yeah, and it's they uh, they told us after the fact they not only have this expansion in the second location, they just bought a new house and yep. they're furnishing that, and they they are they are two busy people, but I couldn't be happier for them. Oh, it's great. Yeah, and it, what a great story to tell too, from you know going after his dream, joining the military, mm-hmm. graduating as a Navy SEAL, serving your country, overcoming overcoming that. a huge. Uh, yeah, life changing, life changing accident. Yeah, and and coming not only out the other end uh, better for, but meeting his wife along the way, mm-hmm. and yeah. and starting a successful company. Well, a reminder to you out there, the listeners, if you know anyone with a fascinating story like Sal's, and send it our way. You can leave us a voicemail with suggestions for a guest or any feedback, and that number is seven one six two four five four. GTS. I love that you did that. <laughs> That's area code 716-245-4487. Let us know how we're doing. You can suggest a guest for us to have on the show or just leave us a message to say hi. We love hearing from you and we may even use your call on a future episode of Guys Telling Stories. Or we're going to get 24 people that call us and just say hi. <laughs> <laughs> if you do call, say your name and leave a number where we can get back to you, of course. And if you're new to the show, please uh, be sure to tap subscribe on Apple Podcasts or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm going to call right now and say hi. <laughs> okay. Well, let's wrap up this episode <laughs> before you start leaving us messages. Yeah. As always, I'm Rich Douglas. I'm Bill Easton. Till next time. <laughs>